wisdom and knowledge and understanding to be revealed in us that thy kingdom may come forth. Lord, you said in your word that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Lord, when your son taught us to pray, he said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we know that you rule all heaven. We know that everything is subject to thy word and the moving of thy spirit. But Lord, since Adam gave the earth away, Satan, this has been his dominion. He is the prince and power of the air. But Lord, now the kingdom of heaven is being revealed in the ministry of reconciliation to turn man back to God has been brought to us. Lord, now give us the understanding to walk into this, to possess this place that you created man, God, to restore us back, to bring that reconciliation, to set man back in that place that you created him in. God, you give us wisdom, you give us knowledge, and you give us understanding that your name can be honored and glorified and lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? I am glad to be in the house of the Lord. And I think I just heard Sister Kathy announce that God has added to the Metter clan. And we're so grateful that we've got a beautiful, healthy, young grandson. And I believe there's just something about him, I believe he's going to do a work for the Lord. I really do. Because on February the 24th, 2016, God had me speak to my daughter-in-law. He said, you will conceive and bring forth a son as a sign of the manifested sons of God ministry that's fixing to come forth in the earth. And that was, what, 15, 16 months ago? That was eight months, before, uh, seven, six, seven months before she ever conceived. And God said she's going to conceive and bring forth a son. I believe God. I don't know how many of you here, but I believe God. When God speaks, I believe him. And I apologize for your notes today. I don't know what was wrong with my hole puncher, but it went crazy. So I may have to make you some new notes because the holes are all off, but that's all right. I want to put them in your hands. But I want to go back to what God spoke to me last week, and I want to tie it in to what he spoke to me Friday morning. Because if we will let God take us, God has taken us into a new season. God has taken us into a realm of the Spirit that we've never walked in. He is. The kingdom of heaven, the authority and dominion of God and God's word is at the door. It's on us. And God is going to have a people that's going to possess this kingdom. Whether I get it, whether you get it, somebody going to get it. Somebody, And I ain't talking about no 30, 40, 50 years. I'm talking about God gave that sign 
of Whitney conceiving and bringing forth as a sign the manifested sons of God ministry. And that's the fullness of God. He gave that sign that these sons of God are going to come forth. Hallelujah. And I am excited about what God is doing. I, I'm just so excited at where God's taking us. But if y'all remember last week, I was on my knees up here praying. I wasn't even going to minister on what the Lord had me minister on last week because for about three days the Lord had dealt with me on the Israel of God. You know, there is a chosen seed of God. There is a chosen seed of God. And I looked up the name that they gave my grandson and the name James and the name Jacob interchange. And when God visited Jacob by the angel, he said, Thou shalt no longer be called Jacob, but thy name shall be called Israel. For as a prince of God, thou hast power, and thou hast prevailed. It's time to let the power of the Spirit get in us, that we can prevail. I'm not going to keep fighting this carnality this old carnal mind because the Bible tells me there's a place I can overcome I will overcome carnality I will overcome this carnal man because everything he thinks is enmity it's God's enemy you just stop and think that the thing you carry around up here 90% probably 99% of the thoughts we think is against the law and the word of God it's against it that's why people have such a battle because everything that's thought up here, especially when you're hungry for God and you want God to be revealed, you want the newness and the freshness of God, this thing thinking right here, it's God's enemy. It's God's enemy exalted itself against the knowledge of God because every time something happens and you start reaching for that word, that, that, that carnal mind take it won't work. Ain't going to work. God ain't going to move. It ain't going to happen. You need to believe that stuff. Well, he come too late to tell me. But I don't have a God that's real and a God of miracles because I'm going to tell you something. When that uh, grandson was being born, we was right outside the, they had separated. We was right outside the birthing room. My wife and, and Whitney's mom, Sister Patty, was in there with her and Christopher. And every time that baby's heartbeat start dropping, and they said if it got below a certain level, they'd have to do a C-section. That baby's heart stopped dropping. Lisa texts me. Baby's heart rate needs to come up. Me and Brother Michael's out there, and I'd say, in the name of Jesus, send that heart rate up. But it wouldn't be 30, 45 seconds. She'd say, all right, it's up. And we was right out. We could hear the monitor. We could hear it when he'd kick in. I bet you 15, 20 times during the time she was in delivery, Lisa texts me and say, heart rate's going down. It needs to come up. Up it go. Why? We believe God. We put that word into action. There's something about what God is revealing and where God's taking things and what God's doing that He wants us to come into a new mind and a new spirit. Last week, y'all know, I was on my knees praying and the Lord spoke to me. He said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also. This is what, this is what God wants up here. He don't want this carnal mind up here. He don't want this carnal mind up here. He wants that mind that was in Christ Jesus. And then he went on and said, who being in the form of God, 
You look that word form form up, it means nature. Jesus was made just like me and you. He's made just like me and you. Conceived of a woman, brought forth, flesh and blood, bone. He was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. So him being in the likeness of sinful flesh and being a man, but yet still, when that Spirit of God come in him, it brought in that nature and that form of God. It's what it's supposed to do to us. But there's something wrong with what's going on in people today because that form and nature of God ain't there. It ain't there. And we've got to start praying and seeking for God to bring forth that form of God in us and renew us in the spirit of our mind. i got to have a renewing. I don't know what you got to have, but I'm tired of fighting all this carnality. I'm tired of every time something comes up, my carnal mind trying to prevail. Because the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded is death. For the carnal mind is enmity. That means it's God's enemy. It's God's adversary. It fights everything God wants to do. Because it's not subject to the law of the Spirit of God, neither indeed can it be. So this carnal mind right here will never come into subjection to the working of the Spirit of God. That's the reason it's got to be put to death. You've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I don't want to be conformed to this world. You know, in Romans 12 and 1, Paul said, I beseech thee by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. That, that ain't W-H-O-L-L-Y, which means fully. That is holy, H-O-L-Y which means sanctified, clean, pure, righteous, present your body holy and acceptable unto God. He said, that's your reasonable service. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a vessel holy and clean. Present yourself a vessel unto God holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And when you do that, you may prove what is that good and acceptable and Perfect will of God. How many of you want to become a vessel? I want to be a vessel that God can live in. I don't, I don't want to walk around here all my life and fight sin and fight carnality. And, and I, I want to become as Jesus was. I want to put on that mind. I want to put on that form of God. He said in being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He didn't think there's one thing wrong with him striving to be equal with his father. He didn't think there's one thing wrong with it. But yet, he was just like us. He was just like us. But yet, while he was just like us and fighting all this carnality, there was still something in him that brought in that nature of God. There was still that working of the Holy Ghost that brought in that nature of God, and that nature of God prevailed. you know why? That's what he submitted to. He submitted to that nature of God. He didn't submit to this form of man. He didn't submit to the likeness of sinful flesh. He refused to become obedient to it. He refused to become subject to it. And he, and he fought and he stayed subject to the nature and the working of the Spirit of God in him until that mind began to form. Forty-five going into 46 years, I still ain't got that mind to form up there. And I'm ready for it to form. I'm ready for it to form. I'm ready what Paul said when he said, My little children of whom I travail in birth again. I'm doing it again 
And I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again until what? Until Christ be formed, be, be brought forth, be created, until that nature of that Christ begins to be formed in you. Is anybody with me today? Man, I feel a working of the Spirit of God. Man, I feel a wisdom and a knowledge of God coming forth. Because this is where God wants us. He don't want us. It's like, and I've said this many times, it's like we get in here in the presence and the mind and the spirit of God. God moves. God opens our knowledge, opens our wisdom, and it's like when we walk out that door, flips a switch, and it takes us right back into carnality. That's what you've got to learn to fight against. That's why you've got to press on God. I need my mind renewed. I need something different in my mind. I don't need to get in the presence of God and enjoy the presence and get the wisdom and knowledge of God, get excited, get strengthened, get edified, get lifted up, and then walk out that door. And it's like carnality just sets right back down on us. It's like we ain't even off the church grounds to carnality and troubles and problems and upsetness is set back in. There has got to be a renewing of the mind. There's got to be renewing. And that's what Paul said in, in Ephesians 4. He said, you put off the old man. It ain't up to God to put it off. It's up to you to start putting it off. You to quit thinking like you've always thought. You to quit acting like you've always acted. You put off the old man, the Bible says, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness after God. See, if we'll, if we'll talk to the Lord and we'll submit ourselves, He'll change us. I'm feeling a man, something happened in Fort Payne. How many of y'all know something happened in that Fort Payne meeting? Man, there was something happened. There was a change. But see, God brought the change in, but we got to grab hold of it and retain it. We got to grab hold of it and hold on to it. Can't do it without prayer. Can't do it without study. Can't do it without relationship. Can't do it without getting in a place where God can reveal itself. That's, that, that's what happens to so many people that have an experience with God and then they won't let God bring them into something new. They won't let God bring them into a depth. They stay right there. And three weeks, a month, a couple of months go by, you start losing that relationship. You start losing, losing that excitement. You start losing what God put in you because you don't nurture it. You don't water it. You don't cultivate it. You don't give yourself to God so this thing can grow. Man, this, this spirit of God has to grow. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus, when he was a child, he waxed strong in the spirit. He waxed strong in the spirit, and he grew in favor and statue and wisdom with both God and man. So he grew. He grew. When I had that uh, vision, I saw Jesus coming down this road. I saw him when he came out of them woods back there. He's regular size. He took a step. He grew like 25, 30%. He took another step. He grew 50%. About three steps. He was full mature in the fullness of God. So three different stages. It's like three stages of his life. I've seen him come from being like me and you to going in the complete fullness and maturity of God. And that means something. I don't know what all it means yet, but it means something. And God's going to bring us there. And God is striving to bring us there. But you got to put out the effort to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That that I was talking about in Romans 12 and 1 where Paul said, present your bodies. 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, that ye may prove what is that good. See, there's a good will of God, there's an acceptable will of God, but then there's a perfect will of God. A lot of people can walk in the good will of God. Many more can walk in the acceptable will of God, but ain't but a few. Go find that perfect will of God. And be not conformed. That means don't be, don't be fashioned like this world. Let me tell you something. If every time you turn around, you're angry, you're bitter, you're aggravated, you're upset, you're mad, then you ain't different from this world. You're conformed to this world. See, the church has taken this and preached an outward holiness or what they call, uh, there ain't no such thing as outward holiness. You can call it modesty. But the Lord told me years ago, he said, he said, modesty will never bring wholeness. He said, but wholeness will bring modesty. That's right. Modesty, let me, let me tell you something. If it's just modest dress, the Amish got us put to shame. If it's just modest dress, the Muslims, where they can't see none of women's eyes and their wrists and maybe their feet, they got us put to shame. So modesty will not bring wholeness. But wholeness will bring modesty. Amen? Wholeness will bring modesty. So we don't, we don't need to be conformed to this world. That's what he was talking about. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't act like this world. Don't talk like this world. Don't think like this world. But be ye transformed. That word transform there means to remodel, renovate, reform, change. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This ain't going to get us there. This ain't going to get us there. This ain't going to get us where we need to be. Because all we do right now is stay frustrated. Can anybody say amen? <laughs> if you don't stay frustrated, you stay aggravated. Lord didn't say be aggravated and frustrated. He said be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Start seeking for that mind that you can think different, that you can look different, walk different, act different, talk different. Start asking God to renew. Because he told us in his word, if you go to Hebrews 10, I believe it is, and it may be 8 and 10, but he said in the covenant, I'm going to write a new covenant. And in that covenant, I'm going to write my word in your heart. And in your mind. That was a promise God made to us. And I believe it's Hebrews 8 and 10. He said in the covenant of the, these last days. He said I will write my word. And I will put it in your heart. And I will put it in your mind. Amen. I want God to write his word. And his laws. You know David prayed many times. Throughout I think Psalms 119 was the biggest one. But David prayed many times. He said, Lord, write your laws and your precepts on the tables of my heart. On the very tablets of my heart, write your laws and your precepts. Because David wanted to serve God. Eight and ten, that's what I thought it was. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into thy mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. He wasn't talking about the law of Moses. He was talking about the law of the Spirit. 
He was talking about the law of spirit and life that is in Christ Jesus. He said, this was, I'm going to write in people's hearts. He wasn't talking about writing the law of Moses because we're not under the law. We're under grace. And he said in Romans 8 and 1, he said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. It's time to start walking after the spirit. You know, if we put as much effort into obtaining favor of the Spirit of God as we do pleasing our flesh, we'd get somewhere. Because I don't care who you are, and I can I like myself. I like my life. I like my flesh. Now I don't like everything, but there's things I like. And there's things that God has to deal with us to change. And I'm sorry, but the Lord deals with us to change things. There are a lot of times we don't want to change them. You know why? We're selfish. We're selfish and self centered. But if we could see what's just ahead of us, if we could see what's right there, and I woke up this morning praying, probably about 5, 5.30, and I heard that voice of the Lord speak. How he spoke to Jeremiah, and I believe it's in Jeremiah 33. He said, ask me. Ask me. And he said, I will show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. If we could just see what's right ahead of us, we could see what God wants to reveal in us. We could see the vessels that God wants us to become in this ministry that lived in Jesus when he walked this earth. If we could see it's right there. We could see it's right there at the door. If we could see, if we could turn loose a lot of these things in this life that's hindering us and keeps us so upset, so aggravated, so frustrated, and so beat down, if we could just see. It's like you'd almost reach out and touch it. It's that close. It's that close. It's that close. Hallelujah. It's that close. Thank you, Jesus. Is that what it says in, in I believe it's Jeremiah 33. Hallelujah. Man, I appreciate the Lord today. Man, I feel a power of the Spirit. I feel a working of the Holy Ghost. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Moreover, the, I'll just read one through three. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer and show thee great and mighty things, which I know it's not. See, God's got things that your eyes hadn't seen. God's got things that your ear hadn't heard. God's got things that your heart has not understood. He said, you call on me. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things. I'll show you great and mighty things. I'll show you great and mighty things. That thou knowest not. It's just like last week on my knees when the Lord spoke to me. He said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus, let it be in you. We've quoted that for years. We, run, we can quote that, but we never look at the verse 6 and 7. That's Philippians 2 and 5, but we never look at verse 6 and 7, which tells us what the mind was that was in Christ Jesus. I don't know what people think the mind that was in Christ Jesus was, and I know people think they got it. Let me tell you something. You can't be carnally minded and have the mind that was in Christ Jesus. And a lot of people think they got it because they got an earnest of the Holy Ghost. They can talk in tongues. They might be gifted to prophesy. They might have a few healings here and there. Now, we need the mind uh, that was in Christ Jesus who him, uh, having that form of God, having that nature of God working in him, uh, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Uh, but he didn't want to make of himself no reputation. Every time Jesus healed somebody, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Don't tell nobody about this. 
this. Go show yourself to the priest. Keep this quiet. Keep but what they do, they go out and publish it. They go out and spread it abroad until his fame got to where sometimes he couldn't even go out of the house he was staying in. Are y'all with me? He wasn't making of himself no reputation. But he found himself in the form of a servant. And that word servant in the original Greek means slave. He found himself in the form of a servant, a slave to the father, a slave to the working of the Spirit of God. And he humbled himself, being made in the likeness of men, being made just like me and you, but yet at the same time, the nature of God was working in him. He got that same, he had that same thing going in him that we got going in us. We got that, we got that nature of man. We got that form of man. We got that form of the likeness of men. But yet when the Holy Ghost comes in, it tries to bring in that nature of God. And we keep putting up the fight. The spirit against the flesh. The flesh against the spirit. Why? Because they are contrary. The one to the other. They war against each other. They work against each other. And we're going to have to come to that place that we submit to the working of the spirit. And we tell ourselves, God, I need a transformation. I need a renewing of the mind. My mind's got to be changed. I ain't going to keep going this way. What do you want, the praise of men? You want the wisdom of God. You know, people do things to get attention. They'll do things so people will pay them attention, good or bad. Good or bad. I've dealt with people all down through the years and dealt with bad relationships and I had one man that I counseled for years and he had rather been in a relationship where he got mistreated than he had had no relationship at all. And that's sad because there's a lot of people in that kind of relationship. They'd rather have attention, be it bad, than no attention at all. God don't want you in that mindset. God don't want you in that mindset to where you want people to feel sorry for you or talk about you or whatever. But I remember I, I was having a meeting. This was back in 91. Just got a new tent, put it up. And miracles broke out. I mean deliverance broke out. We was uh, have, running about 40, 50 people in that meeting. And... A little lady come down the aisle. I was receiving the offering. And she's taking little bitty steps like this. It took her almost the whole offering to get up the front. She dropped a little bit of money in. I don't know what she put in. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, tell her to stand right there and we'll heal her. I didn't know what was wrong with her. But I told her, I said, man, you stand right there. The Lord just told me he's going to heal you. So when I got through receiving the offering, I stepped down there where she was. And I said, What's wrong with you? She said, I've had nine operations for cancer. She said, and they've sent me home to die. I said, well, I said, God's going to heal you. He told me he was. I laid hands on that woman. The power of God hit her, and buddy, she took off running. She run around that tent, shouting and praising God that she was healed. And she didn't have any strength to walk up the aisle. She started praising God. And she lived in that neighborhood. She went out the next day door to door. And she told them people what God had done for her. In about two nights, we had 250 to 300 people coming under that tent. We had to borrow chairs out of the church. Was preaching the revival for. 
people were standing around the walls and God started working miracles and just one miracle right after the other. I mean, God was healing, God was saving, God was delivering. I had a man, uh, we had a grocery store, probably a uh, hundred yards from the tent. He worked as a butcher there. And he come up and said, I'm, I'm all messed up. I mean, a young man in my back, I've had knee operations and I laid hands on him. He started bending over and touching his toes. Power of God healed him. But then, and I mean, probably 15 or 20, just like that, miracle, 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 miracle. And then a woman come up, hobbling on a cane, and I laid my hands on her. And you thought I'd put my hands on a piece of concrete, Sister Pat. There was no faith. There's no reaching for God. There's no desire for God to do anything. And I went ahead and prayed for him, sent her on. I knew God wasn't going to help her. And I got praying about it, and the Lord spoke to me. She gets attention with her infirmity. She gets attention by being in her sickness, by being in her disease. That's her whole life. She gets people to feel sorry for her. And that's how the woman lived. That's how she, I don't want that. I want God to be real. I don't want man's attention. So I'm going to tell you something, man's attention will pass away, but God's favor don't. Man's attention will pass away, but God's favor and, and coming to possess his mind and coming to possess his spirit, it won't pass away. He'll take you into a realm. He'll take you into a place that you can walk as he walked. I remember when the Lord spoke to me back in 2006. And I was, I was praying and the Lord spoke to me out of Philippians 3 and 10 where Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowships of his sufferings. And the Lord started opening that up to me and I started searching that and I started praying about that. And... I started beginning to preach on it a little bit and I was preaching on the power of the resurrected Christ living in us. And I didn't have the understanding I have now, but I was preaching on it and the Lord spoke to me while I was in prayer and studying one day. He said, do you want to be as I am or do you want to be as I was? I said, What? He said, do you want to be as I am right now? Or do you want to be as I was when I walked this earth? I said, well, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> I said, I want to be as you are right now. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 John 4 and 17 that as he was, or as he is, so we can be in this world. Not as he was, as he is. As he is, in this world we can be. Everybody wants to put everything up in heaven. I'm so tired of people talking about everything in heaven. You ain't going to have no power in heaven. You ain't going to need power in heaven. But you're going to need it here. Amen. I want to be made in the power of his resurrection. And it's going to take knowing him, coming to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because if you don't suffer with him, you ain't going to reign with him. If you'll suffer with him, that ruling, reigning, authority, and dominion of the Christ... It's going to come in and take its abode in you. Why? He's the firstborn among many brethren. We fix to be made like him. Amen. We fix to be made like him. Hallelujah. Now that I've took that five minutes to explain where God brought us from last week, I want to take you to where the Lord spoke to me Friday morning. You know, I used to get up anywhere 3.30 to 4 to 5 o'clock and go to prayer. Well, I've got to where I've 
started putting it off later in the day and the other morning. Woke up about 530. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you, you get up and pray. He said, you start getting back up of a morning and going to prayer and seeking my face. So I went in there in the living room, got me some handkerchiefs. My wife was uh, down with the new grandson and Whitney and Christopher. So I, I got on my knees and I started praying. Had been praying very long, probably 15, 20 minutes if I'd been praying that long. And I, I was praying and I heard the voice of the Lord speaking here. And I want you all to listen. He said, the Spirit of God does not move and do things on its own. He said, the Spirit of God has to have a directive or has to be spoken to or commanded or ordered what to do before it will work. I just quit praying. I said, wow. Wow. It's not something I didn't know. It's not something that wasn't in my knowledge. But I believe God opened a revelation. I'm going to Genesis, the first chapter. I believe God opened a revelation and a knowledge of the season that he has taken us into. I believe God is opening something us to, uh, up to us that if we will take hold of it, we can walk therein. And God started it When Whitney was in the hospital having that baby, and every time that heart rate needed to go up, my wife would text me, and I'd speak it, and it'd go up. Me and Brother Michael, I chose to text Brother Michael, and I said, baby's heart rate needs to go up. We just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, send the heart rate. 30, 45 seconds a minute. Go right back up, jump from 90 to 130, 140, 150 beats a minute, just like that, just like somebody flipped a switch. Because they didn't want that baby's heart rate to go down below 90. While she's in labor. And he got to where there for about, they said, if, if it stays steady. So there for about 45 minutes, she'd have a contraction. It'd go down, hit about 100, maybe 95, and then that contraction, it'd shoot right back up to 135, 140, 150. And it just stayed that way. But then she started getting tired. You know, she went into labor at 930 Monday night. And this is probably like 2, 30, 3 o'clock. Tuesday afternoon and her body was starting to get tired and, and, and that doctor she kept saying I can't do this I can't do this I can't let this baby's heart rate get that low said if something don't change just come in and boom it go right back up <laughs> and that doctor just she kept shaking her head she said I, I ain't never seen nothing like this that baby's heart rate start down boom it go back up it start down in a few minutes and boom it go back up she said I ain't never seen nothing like this my wife looked at her and said, we're praying. She said, well, amen. I believe God. Hallelujah. But while I was on my knees, and the Lord Woo! The Lord spoke that into my spirit. This is what I heard. And the earth, Genesis 1, verse 2, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Why? God said it. 
we are in this place, we are afraid to speak what we need God to do. You know why? Because in here, that doubt works and lives, and we don't think you'll do it. It's just like when we was in Fort Payne that Thursday morning, and my, the, the Lord visited my wife, and the word was just rolling out of her for about 15, 20 minutes. I don't know how many of y'all listened to it or read it, but if you ain't, you need to go back and listen to it, and you need to read it. And the word was just rolling out of her for 15 minutes, and the Lord said, even as I walked in the room or something to that manner, after my resurrection with my disciples or my apostles, he said, even as I walked into the room, he said, I am here. He said, I'm here. And when he said that, the Lord impressed on her, said, tell the people if they'll open their eyes, they'll see me. And the carnal mind immediately kicked in. Said, well, you say that and they don't see me. But when she spoke it, I opened my eyes and I looked. She was down at a chair. And Jesus was standing right here. I ain't talking about a vision. I ain't talking about seeing him in the spirit. I saw the man, Christ Jesus, in the flesh, standing about three feet from her. And when she come out of that and she started explaining what all God was doing and how the Lord had ministered to her, because he's talking, about, he's talking to her about his humanity. He's talking about her, how human he was and how he understood our trials and what we've gone through and what he's had to put us through to prove us and test us. And she was talking about it. I said, well, she got that part where he said, I'm here. And he said, I didn't tell y'all, but he said, if you'd open your eyes, you'd see me. And I said, well, I opened my eyes. And I saw him. And I showed her where he was standing. She said, that's exactly where he was standing. She said, I saw the nail holes in his feet. Just like two seconds, he was there. And boom, he was gone. He let me see. He let me understand that that was more than just a prophecy that fell on her. That was a spirit of divine visitation. That was a spirit of divine visitation. But you know, it was the week before that that the Lord had me minister to her, the spirit of a prophetess. And then I'm a prophetess fixing to fall on her. And I'm going to tell you something fell on her she ain't never had, and it changed her. It changed her. It started bringing a renewing of the mind. It started bringing a deep hunger for the things of God. And that's what God's wanting to do to us. So on my knees that morning, I heard God say, let there be light. And there was light. Why? God said it, and the Spirit done it. Are y'all following with me? God said it, and the Spirit done it. Nine different places in the first chapter of Genesis, the Scripture says, and God said. And when God said, something happened. When God spoke, something happened, because He spoke, and He gave the Spirit of God direction of what to do. And that word was spoken, and the Spirit created. The Spirit created. Man, I was just mesmerized. I was just there on my knees, and, and I just listened to what was going on in my spirit and how God was showing me that he's bringing us to this place that if we, by the inspiration, not just speak anything we want, but by the inspiration of God, if we will speak. Because every one of you know God's inspired you to do and say things that you didn't do. You can say amen or oh me. 
God has inspired every one of us at certain times in our life to say something, and we didn't do it. Why? Doubt and unbelief in us. Doubt and fear that God wasn't going to do it. Day's over with. That day's over with you listen to what I'm preaching. That day's over with if you listen to what I'm telling you. And I started listening to that, and, and then here's the very next thing God took me to. Isaiah 45. Thank you, Lord. There is a spirit of revelation being revealed in this service to bring us in to what God has for us. I'm not preaching something to you that God wants you to walk in five years or ten years from now. I'm preaching to you that this is now. This is right now. And you really need to start at this election. Thank you, Lord. You really need to read the 11th through the end of the chapter, which is the 25th verse, the 11th verse, Isaiah 45, 11 through 25. But I want to deal with Isaiah 45 and 11. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His... I can definitely preach without a microphone. I stood on the hillside one night in Jamaica. Had a little old bitty church. Probably wasn't a third the size of this one. Had one little bitty light bulb in it. And they invited me there to preach that night. I had to walk a mile to get there. We didn't have any transportation. I walked a mile to get there. The time I got there, I was pouring sweat. They set up a little table, not much bigger than this, inside the church. Had one little bitty electric light bulb on it. And people started coming. They wound up with almost a 1,000 people. So what they done, they moved the table out in the front yard, run that light bulb out there on the extension cord and set it out there, and it was in a, like a bowl. And I preached to 800 to 1,000 people right there for about 30, 40 minutes, then got open the blind eyes and stopped deaf ears, healed and delivered. Didn't have a microphone. Just preached. But Isaiah 45 and 11, Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my Son and concerning the work 
And that word right there means labor or deeds. Of my hands command ye me. Y'all see this? Now this has been preached a lot of ways, but people's always interpreted it that you just stand up there and take the authority of God and command God to work. That ain't what God's talking about. God, that word command there means to give an order, give a direction, give something you want God to do, or a command. And y'all going to think this is funny, but when the Lord started revealing this to me, how many of you has ever hit the button on your cell phone that says, say a command, say a command, say a command. In other words, just want you to tell it what you want it to do. God said, my spirit is wanting you to tell it what to do and what to reform concerning the work of my hands. Say a command. Say a command. And if you'll say a command, by the inspiration, the spirit of God will perform the command. Can y'all not feel this? Can y'all not feel this? And I immediately called my son because they had to put Logan under lights, you know, because of the jaundice. Happens to, happens to babies all the time. And I called him and I told him what God had spoke to me when I started coming out of this about probably an hour later. And I said... Whatever that boy needs. You pray and when you feel the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. You say a command. You open your mouth and speak. They'd already told him that baby was probably going to be in them lights several days. Be on antibiotics several days. And in 24 hours. He was off the lights. And everything was working fine in the system. They started telling him, well, his body temperature is going to have to stay up or he can't come home. Say a command. Say a command. Command ye me the work of my hands. God has given us this honor and this privilege. Like I told you last week, we don't understand the authority and the power that's in that name of Jesus. What God wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him far above. All principality. All power. And gave him a name that was above every name. That when that name of Jesus is spoken by the authority and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, every knee's got a vow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Why, everything's subject to him now. And that double. Wow. Woo! And that name of Jesus in you. That, that working, that form of God, that nature of God that's working in us. Peter said that we might be made a partaker of the divine nature. 
that we might be made a partaker of the divine nature. Are you hearing me? That was the form. Look that word up. It means nature. It means that he had working in him the nature of God. And when that nature of God was working in him, he didn't think it was robbery to be made equal with God. He didn't think it was robbery. Are y'all hearing me? He didn't think it was robbery to be made equal with God. Hallelujah. He didn't think it was robbery. He thought it was all right for him to be made equal to his father. My God, children, are y'all listening to me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing me today? My God, I heard that word speak in me and God said, you tell the Spirit of God by inspiration what to do. You tell the Spirit of God. It's not going to move on its own. It's got to have a command. It's got to have a directive. It's have somebody uh, tell it what to do uh, just like and God said uh, let there be light and there was light why the spirit moved the spirit moved I ain't preaching something you get you excited I'm telling you this is being revealed right now that God can change your situation change your circumstance bring things to pass because by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, you spoke it. And when you speak it, in that name, it's above every name that rules and has all supreme authority and power. Are y'all hearing me? It's going to happen. Well, Brother Matter, what if it don't? You can't have that mindset. You can't have that mindset. What does the Bible say in James? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Think not that that man will receive anything from the Lord. You've got to be single-eyed. You've got to be single-minded. Amen? You've got to be single-minded, and you've got to know that when you speak, that's the reason we have so got to have. I'm going to Colossians, the third chapter. We have so got to have this renewing of the spirit of the mind. We've got to have this renewing. That we can't wrestle with this. We can't wrestle with these things. We can't let doubt enter in. Because when doubt gets in, it'll hinder what God wants to do. It'll hinder what God wants to do. Well, how do you get rid of doubt? You submit yourself to the working of the Spirit of God. You submit yourself and you let the Spirit of God start killing this carnal man and put him to death. Because carnal man, uh, doubt don't come from the Spirit of God. It comes from carnality. Amen. It comes from carnality. All right, Colossians 3. Let's just look at verse 9. Man, I feel the working of the Spirit of God in this place today. There's something being revealed. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Y'all see that? We've got, the, this is the same as Romans 12 and 2 that talks about being, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is saying the same thing that Ephesians 4 and 23 is saying that we put off the old man who is corrupt 
in deceitful lust, and we put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness after God by being renewed in the spirit of the mind. See, when this new knowledge comes in, you start believing. You start believing. You start understanding that the Lord ain't up there somewhere. The throne of God ain't up there. The throne of God's right here. The throne of God's right here. Where's the kingdom? Within men. You can't say low here and low there. They came to Jesus and they said, Man, you talk so much about this kingdom, we want to know when it's going to appear. He said, You can't say low here or low there. You can't say the kingdom of heaven's here. The kingdom of heaven. He said, The kingdom of heaven is where? Within men. That authority and dominion of God. You are the temple. Y'all believe y'all the temple of the Holy Ghost? You believe you the temple of the living God? Then this is his house. Quit shutting him out. Quit putting him in the back bedroom. Quit putting him upstairs. Quit telling him, well, you can, you can go here, here, and here, but you can't go there, there, there. Ain't what God wants. He wants total rule. He wants supremacy. But we got to start asking for God to renew us in the spirit of our mind that this mind that was in Christ Jesus can be also in us. And that mind is that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God because he had the form of God in him. It was working. It was working. Amen. It was working. Man, there's something working in the Holy Ghost. There's something working in the Spirit of God that God wants to totally mature this form of God that we have working in us, this nature of God that we've got to earnest of, we've got to measure of, we've got to taste of. God wants it to mature. God wants it to mature. Are you hearing me? How long are we going to... Well, what has God been telling us for six months now? We know in part. We prophesy in part. We understand in part. But when that which is perfect has come, when that which is mature has come, that which is in part will be done away with. Right now, we see through a glass darkly. We're going to see a little bit of the Word of God. We see through that dark glass and we're trying to discern what God is, what he wants to do, how the spirit wants to move. He said, but Paul said, when, when all that part's done away with, when that maturity, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done. You'll take them glasses off. And you'll see them face to face. He said, you'll know me even as also I am known. See, there's a knowledge of God that God's wanting to reveal. But he can't reveal it to us. If we're going to submit ourselves to him and let God begin to purge carnality out of us. Let God begin to destroy this body of sin. Because God ain't going to dwell in the fullness in this body of sin. He got to get rid of it. He got to purge it out. He got to purge it out. We need to purge it. We need a transformation. We need a renewing in the spirit of the mind. Are y'all with me? I said we need a renewing in the spirit of the mind. Hallelujah. And later on in the day, I was praying, meditating on the Lord. And I saw Elijah, 1 Kings 17. Elijah walked up to Ahab. <laughs> I'll read it to you. 
1 Kings 17 and 1. Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead or Gilead, however you want to pronounce it, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Hmm. So in other words, Ahab, I'm telling the Spirit of God to shut up the heavens that there ain't going to be no rain and the dew ain't even going to drop on the ground unless I tell it it can. We hear that, we quote it, we believe it. But when it comes down to me, are you doing that? Well, well, I can't do that, Brother Matter. How you know? How you know unless you try? I remember when I was in a tent meeting, I think about 94. And I'd already preached and I was had folks come up for me to lay hands on for healing. There was a woman there just all crippled up with arthritis. Hands crippled up, joints. I mean, she just stiff, couldn't hardly move. And I started to lay my hands on her. The Lord said, don't you touch her. I just pulled my hand back. I said, all right, Lord. I said, what do you want me to do? I was talking to God in my spirit. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, you pull her under the shadow, the, under them big, I had big floodlights on my center poles that shine down where I prayed for people. Put a lot of light. He said, you get her under them lights. And he said, you get it positioned where you can stand. And he said, them lights hit you. He said, your shadow will fall on her. And I'm going to heal her. I just told the Lord, I said, not by my shadow you ain't. <laughs> I said, ma'am, you just stand right there for just a minute. And I went on and started praying for all these other people. God was healing these other people. I said, Lord, I'm going to go back over and I'm going to lay hands on that woman. You're going to heal her. He said, no, I'm not. I said, you're healing all these other people. He said, that ain't what I told you to do. He said, I told you to get that woman in them floodlights lest your shadow fall on me. So while I was praying for these people, I was running out of people to pray for. And I was looking back over this woman standing over there, and I said, God, I said, I'm running out of people to pray for. I said, now, you're going to have to do something. He said, you're going to have to do what I tell you. And so I told the Lord, Sister Pat, I said, but I don't have what Peter had. And the Lord said, how do you know except you try? That's what he told me. He said, how do you know? If you don't exercise it and you don't strive to manifest it, said, how do you know except you try? And I said, but Lord, I know I don't have what Peter had. He said, are you sure? And I went on and I got the last person I was praying for and I had to go back over and pray for this lady. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that wasn't Peter's shadow. He said, that was my shadow. He said, I just borrowed Peter's body. Headed back to that woman. I said, well, why didn't you say so in the first place? Because that opened up a whole new understanding. 
See, it just takes a little bit of knowledge of God to open up a wisdom and a revelation of the word to us. And I went back over there and I told her. I said, come with me. And I brought her out there right in the center of those two center poles. Got there, got her right under them lights. And then I stepped under one of them lights where it couldn't hit her. And my shadow fell on her. And I spoke to her and I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And when she did, the power of God went down through her. She started moving them arms. You could hear joints cracking. She raised her hand, started praising God. Why? Obedience. Obedience and believing. Believing. Because it says right here in James, the fifth chapter in the 17th verse, Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. That means he's made just like us. Made just like us. Now, I don't know whether Elijah prayed before or after he told Ahab, but this right here says he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not by the space of three years and six months. So I don't know if he told Ahab before or after he prayed. But anyway, he spoke the word of the Lord to him. And the Spirit of God shut up the heavens. The Spirit of God shut up the heavens. And then he turned and prayed again. Spirit of God open the heavens. Command ye me the work of my hand. Wasn't nothing supernatural about Elijah. He made just like us. Are y'all with me? He made just like us. But see, this carnal mind, every time God creates a situation or a circumstance and puts us in that place, the carnal mind says, that ain't going to work. But that's what the Word of God said. God ain't going to honor your work. But now wait a minute, devil. You ain't Peter. You ain't Paul. You ain't Elijah. You don't have the God living in you and with you that they had. How do you know? Are we serving a different God? Or is it the same God? Is it the same God? Is it the same God? And ain't nobody stopping us but us. Ain't nobody stopping I'm telling you, God is bringing in a renewing. God's bringing in a new dispensation. He's bringing in a new generation. He's bringing in a new season. He's bringing in a new anointing, a new ministry. And he's bringing in new people. Y'all think I don't know what I'm talking about. The Lord's fixing to reach out here in the highways and hedges. Start saving folks. Because most folks that have been in church, you ain't going to do nothing with them. You ain't going to do nothing with them. People will call me when they need a miracle. But they won't come worship with me. They know that word's in me, Sister Pat. You know that word that's in me. And if the inspiration of the Holy Ghost speaks, it's like that. Just like that, God will do it. I don't care what it is. I don't care what kind of disease it is. I don't care what kind of sickness it is. That faith drops in my heart. And sometimes it don't have to drop in my heart. I just got to exercise it. I was in India one year preaching. Probably preached about 30,000, 40,000 one night. I'm going to have to find my videos of India and get them transcribed off on DVD so y'all can see just what I'm talking about. The man come to me. He said, uh, 
I want you to come to the hospital and pray for my dad. I said, he's got a brain tumor in him. expecting him to live. But I had to preach the next morning at a church. I told him, I said, after morning service, I'll go with you. So they led us to a hospital over there. And honest, before the Lord, when I walked in, I could feel the sand under my feet on the floor in the hospital. As I walked in, you could feel the dirt and the grit. I thought, oh, my God. I had two or three brothers with me. I was, we walked in. They said he was in ICU. We walked into a room probably about as big as this church. And there was 30 people laying on cots. That was ICU. I looked in brothers that was with me. I said, y'all do me a favor. If I get sick over here, I said, do one of two things. I said, pray the prayer of faith for me or shoot me. Don't take me to the hospital. <laughs> Not over here. <laughs> and they just laughed at me. But I walked in with this man. His daddy was laying on a little fold-out cot, curled up in the fetal position, had an oxygen tube in his nose. His eyes were starting to roll back in his head. He was dying. He was almost dead. And I got down beside his bed, and I took a handkerchief and stuck it in his pocket. And I prayed the prayer of faith for him and reached with everything that was in me. And when I got off my knees and started walking out, I told the brothers, I said, if that man comes through, you'll know it's God. I said, because I didn't feel nothing. The next evening, that man ran up on that platform and nearly tackled me and knocked me down. He said, my daddy come out of the coma. He said, there ain't no sign of the brain tumor. He said, and they're sending him home tomorrow. Ha! Whoa! me. Command me. Not usurp authority over God, but give the Holy Ghost a directive and an order as to what to do. And because of what's in you, you'll be obedient that spirit of God that lives in you because that's his authority are y'all hearing me I'm telling you the authority of God that will put the Holy Ghost in action is dwelling right here it's dwelling right here if we can hear what God's saying to us not something 30 years down the road right now right now right now God wants you to understand that he is committing this word and the spirit of this word in you. That if you will command the work of his hands, things will begin to happen. Don't look at a situation and say it's hopeless. Don't get hopeless. Don't get helpless. Don't feel like you have no authority over anything. I get so tired of hearing people pray when they face a situation. And they feel so helpless and so hopeless. And, and I hate this phrase. And they'll say, well, all we can do is just pray. Don't know what you're saying. <laughs> That's the reason. I won't just pray on the spur of the moment about things. But if I feel that spirit of God, it's going to happen. See, I got that confidence. I got that confidence. It's like that spirit hit you and captivated you, righty. I've been trying to tell people for three years, three or four years now, the Spirit of God will move on me in it like it takes me captive. I have no choice. I have no control because I'm yielded to the Spirit of God. 
And when it moves on me, it takes me over, and I begin to speak because I'm yielded to it. And things happen. Are y'all hearing? Things happen. When I feel this spirit hit, it takes control of everything. It takes control of everything. Just like my son called. I think it was Wednesday morning after baby was born Tuesday. And started talking to his mama about some things. And she put him on the phone. She said, God, Dad, we need God to do this, this, and this for Logan. You know, because he, I mean, he was little, born small. And the Spirit of God moved on me. I said, you and Whitney and Sister Patty join hands right now. And I took hands with Lisa. And I said, if any two shall agree as touching any one thing, he said, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Where's the Son? Right here. Right here. And that was about 10 in the morning. They were talking about different things. And an hour and a half later, things started happening. Things started happening that needed to happen. Why? God got in it. God got in it. God got in it. It's time to get God in the mix. It's time to get God in it. Amen. Let this mind be in you. That was also the mind that was in Christ Jesus. Let it be also in you. Lord wouldn't have told us something if we couldn't do it. He wouldn't have told us something if we couldn't do it. Well, Brother Matter, I'll get that mind when I go to heaven. I don't know about that. What you gonna need up there for? You need it down here. You need this mind. This mind that was in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery. He had that form of God working in, made just like us. But though he was just like us, that form of God, that nature of God was working in him. And his main directive was to be made equal with God. Are y'all listening to me? God wants to take us somewhere if we'll go. He wants to take us somewhere if we'll go. But we got to go with him. We got to go with him. See, when things happen, people's first instinct. And I believe this was in that prayer book. And I can't remember exactly what it was or where it was. Or, but people's first instinct, they revert to the natural. When things happen, like a, a sudden calamity or tragedy or an emergency or something comes up they wasn't expecting. My instinct, I told my wife, I said, my instinct, I revert to the spirit. I said, when I hear about somebody sick or going through something or bound, I said, my first reach is to the spirit of God, whether God's going to heal them or not. And I start reaching for a miracle. That's just me. That's just the way I'm made. I don't ever process the natural. Well, God, they need to go have this and this done, or they need to go to the doctor, or they need to go to the... Now, if I know they don't have faith, I've told people years for years, you don't have faith, you better find somebody and help you. Because you just saying God will heal me, they'll bury you. I got a lady that went to our church for years. I've known her since the early 70s. She 
fixing to turn 91 or 92 years old. In 1996, my dad had a church in Rainsville, Alabama. She called me. I was still evangelizing then. She said, Brother Metters, the doctors just told me I've got leukemia, and I ain't got about three to six months to live. I said, I'll be in there in about a week for revival. I said, you be at the service. She said, I'll be there. Somewhere in that revival, they said I was preaching. I walked to her, and I just looked at her, says, Pat. And I said, you can't trust God and the doctors. you got to trust one or the other. you either got to go by what the doctors tell you, or you either got to go by the Word of God. And I said, but I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you. And I said, God's going to heal you. I laid my hands on her, prayed the prayer of faith for her. She went to the doctor about two weeks later. The doctor come back in, sat down, scratching his head. He said, uh, ma'am. He said, we got the x-rays here that showed that you had cancer. He said, but these x-rays we took today don't show you got cancer. He said, but all we know is in there somewhere. We just can't find it right now. So we want to put you on radiation and get you start taking the treatments so you'll have a chance to live. She looked at that doctor and she said, now, let me get this straight. You're telling me I've got cancer. Yes, ma'am. But you're telling me you can't find it. Yes, ma'am, but we saw it a couple months ago when you was here, and we know it's there. We just can't find it. Our x-ray machine ain't picking it up. She said, and you want me to take radiation or chemotherapy or whatever it was for something you can't find? I said, yes, ma'am. She looked at him, just deadpan, just a straight face. As she looked, she said, "Son, have you lost your mind?" He said, "No, ma'am." She said, "I am not taking treatment for something you can't find." And she, he said, he looked at her and he said, "Ma'am," he said, "You'll be in my office in three to four months, begging me to give you morphine for the pain." That you're fixing to go into. She said, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. That was 1996. She's still alive today. You hear me? Has a checkup every year. They still can't find that cancer. <laughs> Why? She put her trust in God. She put her trust in God. God is bringing a restore. Because see, I was raised in faith like this. But I was raised in a home that had prayer. I was raised in a home that taught the word of God. I was raised in a home where the spirit of God occupied. People don't have that today. It's coming back. Y'all hear me? God's bringing the spirit of prayer back to our homes. He's bringing the atmosphere of God back to our homes. That we're going to be able to feel the presence of God. In our homes, and God's putting the family back. And when God restores the family, He'll restore the church. Y'all hear me? We're going back. We're going forward, but we're going back. Amen. This man that was in Christ Jesus needs to be in you. This is where we need to focus our prayer. God, give us a renewing of the mind. That's the way I've been focusing my prayer. God, give us a renewing of the mind. A renewing of the mind. 
that that mind that was in Christ Jesus can be also in us. I appreciate the Lord today. You know, they had a song out back in the 90s. I had a lady used to sing it at my tent meeting. It's called Going Back. Some of y'all probably heard it. Sis Kathy, you probably heard it. It's called Going Back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And one of the verses in the song was, says, to go forward, we must go back. Going back to the Word of God. Going back to living pure. Amen. Got to go back. If you're going forward in God, you got to get the right foundation under you. And God don't want us living in a home without his presence and his spirit. You know, there's a lot of people, they couldn't walk through their house and throw their hands up and praise God. Christians, confess to be Christians, go to church, love God. But there's no prayer in their home. There's no worship of God in their home. There's no presence of God in their home. To me, that's sad. Amen. We're going to go forward. Let's go back. Appreciate the Lord today. I don't think I preached two hours. I might got an hour and 15 minutes in. I don't think I preached two. <laughs> Appreciate the Lord. Let's ask God to put this word in our heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, open our understanding. God, if there's ever been a word that I preach that is so needful, this is needful today. This is needful, Father. God, that we press you for the renewing of the mind. Lord, though this outward man perish, this inward man is renewed day by day through prayer and relationship. Lord, we need this growth. You said, I wish above all things that thou wouldest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper lord as we grow spiritually and prosper in our soul lord there ain't no way sickness and disease can stay in our body it don't have that power it don't have that authority to stay where your presence and your spirit is coming in give us eyes to see ears to hear and a heart to understand what the spirit is speaking in jesus name amen man i appreciate this word today to me this is powerful and I don't usually or had men lately, but anybody need prayer, I'll pray the prayer of faith for you today. I, I just feel something kicking in the spirit. Hallelujah. And I feel it hitting the devil right in the seat of his britches. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Savior. Don't you appreciate the Lord? Thank you, Lord. What is it you need God to do? A little, little more strength. Strength. Strengthening, Father, physically, mentally, spiritually. Let a working of your spirit. Let a working of your spirit move upon him. God, he loves you. God, I believe he's serving you in all the knowledge and understanding that he has. But you bring him forward. You bring him forward in health. You bring him forward in strength. You bring him forward mentally. You bring him forward spiritually and physically. You bring him forward, Lord. God, he's understanding the word of this kingdom. He's grabbing a hold of it. And there's a reason you're letting this be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.
Praise the holy name of Jesus. Anybody else? Have you enjoyed this word today? Man, I feel like God just give us an inside track. <laughs> now I get to stay the new years. Man, we, we're going to keep on. Next thing you know, she said, we're going to build a new church. Because we're going to, yeah, I know, we look around, and God will pack this church out. He will run it over. And we will build a church. The Lord's done told me the size of it, and I know. And I know a church that size can seat four to 500 people, and I believe it. I believe it, and I hold on to it. It's like I've held on to all the visions from Fort Payne. I think there was four or five dreams and two or three visions that people had over the years of people standing all the way the road in Fort Payne. And probably once you walk outside the church doors, it's probably twice as far to the road than it is out here. And we got a probably an acre there and cars parked up and down the road. There's a road goes down beside the church just like this. Parker, cars parked all the way up and down there. And one man even seen a, vi a dream of God healing people. And they were backed up two and a half miles to a little community up there trying to get to the church. God was working so many miracles. There's such an act of God. It's here. I'm telling you. God's bringing it in. I believe it. Amen. Anybody else? Okay. Let's pray about this week. I didn't get to be here last week, but I'm going to be here this week trying to clean up and paint and whatever else needs doing, getting things done. I'll be here all the way through the homecoming. But now remember, homecoming ain't just Sunday. It is Friday night and Saturday night under the tent plus Sunday afternoon. And Brother Michael's supposed to come preach Sunday. I'm going to preach Saturday. Brother Elder's going to preach Friday. So... Don't y'all stay home till Sunday. Let's get in here and let's. Cause I'm going to tell you this word starts going out in this community and don't tell them what God will do. You just don't ever know. You just don't ever know. I set up in a neighborhood uh, in Sheffield, Alabama in 1994. Well, I didn't set it up. Uh, I had a meet in Rainsville, Alabama, and some brothers from over in Sheffield said, Brother Matter, we want you to come to Sheffield and put up a tent. I said, look, I said, I am tired. I am wore out. I said, I'm going on vacation with my family. I said, I ain't been with my family in two or three years. And I said, we're going to take some time. I said, if y'all want to come get a tent, put it up, come get it and put it up. So they called me and told me, so well, we got a tent lot. I said, where is it? They said, in the man's side yard. I said, oh, my Lord. I said, y'all going to get me put in jail. I said, y'all better go to City Hall and you better get clearance. You better be sure. That it's all right. They told me two or three times. Started the meeting on 4th of July weekend. And 4th of July was on a Monday. And that Friday night, we hadn't been going 15 minutes. And I had five cop cars pulling around that tent. Some big old heavy set cop rolled out of there. And we done had 345 complaints on y'all. I just looked at him. I said, yeah, in 15 minutes, y'all had 345 complaints. He said, y'all going to have to shut this down. I said, I ain't shutting it down. I said, I'll turn the sound down. Oh, he was mad. Oh, he was mad. But anyway, they stayed on me all the way through to Tuesday when I got a chance to go talk to the mayor. And I walked in City Hall. I walked up to the desk, and I told the lady that's standing, uh, sitting there, I said, I want to see the mayor. She said, well, what you want to see the mayor for? I said, that tent preacher out there, you're 
police department's been harassing for the last four days. Man standing there, he said, son, he said, I'm the mayor. He said, come to my office. I went in there, and he said, now, he said, ain't nobody going to bother you. He said, I had one of my elders, my councilman, come out to your meeting last night and said, he called me early this morning and said, mayor, I'm going to tell you something. What that man's preaching, the way God's moving, people's having their lives changed, said, you better leave that man alone. But you don't want to bother that man. You just don't want to bother that man. So we went on, had the meeting, and then during the meeting, he asked me, he said, if I get you a lot downtown, would you move downtown? So I was there two weeks, moved downtown for another 10 days. But anyway, during that meeting, I was preaching a message on die as a fool died. There was a young man walking down the road. I wasn't but about a quarter mile from the Tennessee River. He was walking down the road. He was dirty and nasty. He wasn't but about 19, 20 years old. He stopped outside my tent. And I was preaching on die as a fool died when I gave the altar call. That young man run, dove in the altar and gave his heart to God. He told us after service, he said, I was on the way to the river, commit suicide. And he said, God changed my life. So this word starts going out in this community. You don't know what, what God will do. And while I was preaching that message, that big old cop that always give me all the trouble, he pulled his cop car across the street. He got out and he leaned up beside the car and he folded his hands and he just glaring at me. The Spirit of the Lord hit me and I looked at him and pointed straight at him. I said, if I be a servant of the Lord, I said, you bother me again. I said, you're going to die as a fool. Died. And that's what I said the Lord. He couldn't get in that car fast enough and get out of there. But he got out of there. I'm telling you, he never, he, he, ne he never drove by my tent again. But I'm telling you, when this word begins to go out, they ain't going to tell him what God will do. We may get a revival broke out. We'll have to run for Lord knows how long. You may have to take on preach a week, Brother Donald. Don't you appreciate the Lord? Do you love him today? I'm going to get you to obey the Lord and you give him, please. If you got your ones, I ask you to put back. I gave all y'all a jar. I don't know how many's in mine, but I know it's packed full. I'm going to get it out and check it. But We're going to try to get the, at least get the shed painted, get everything dressed up a little bit. We're going to put the tent up Thursday. So, uh, you know what time Thursday we're going to try to put the tent up? First thing. All right, if anybody can help us, y'all, anybody can help us, get them to come help us because, I mean, I'm going to be here, I think, Brother Justin's going to be here, Brother Donald. It don't take a lot, but to get them center poles up, sometimes it's aggravation.